0: And we're going to go to Luke 18, chapter uh, chapter 18, verse 9. Luke Luke is found in the New Testament, somewhere in between Genesis and Revelation. So, Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And when you are ready, say, I'm ready. So, he told this next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance. And looked down their noses at the common people. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this. Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid. Like this taxman, I fast twice a week and tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the taxman, slumped in the shadows. His face, his hands, no daring to look up, said, God, keep mercy. Forgive me, a sinner. Jesus come This taxman, man, no the other, went home, made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. That is Luke chapter 18, verse 9. You know, some things, they were just made not to coexist, to mix up together, right? I have to ask my wife before I use these remarks when I started the, the message. Like, for example, you can't put bulls in a china cabinet, right? You heard that expression. The other one I can't use because some of you will get it, some won. That's what my wife told me anyway. She's Texan, so she knows best. <clears throat> it's like you can't mix blessings with bitterness. That doesn't go well with God. It's just you have one or the other, right? And you can't combine heavenly kindness with earthly ingratitude. Those two, they don't go together. And expect a sour connection. Perhaps you simply, gratitude doesn't come naturally. Self-pity does. I mean, we're usually not very grateful people. But we often feel So bad about ourselves. Things are not going our way. So our human nature directly spot on to self-pity. Poor me. Oh my goodness. So, grumbles and mumbles. No one has to remind us to offer them. Yet they don't mix well with the kindness we've been given. Gratitude gets us through the hard stuff. To reflect on your blessings is to rehearse God's accomplishments. Now, this is deep what I'm fixing to say. This is like the whole message. So you better pay attention. You ready? I lost my place. So You missed it. Okay. There it is. Gratitude get us through the hard stuff. To reflect on your blessings is to rehearse God's accomplishments. To rehearse His accomplishments is to discover His heart. Gratitude always leaves us looking at God and away from dread. Give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.20 I have some things that I, I have wrote down. You know, every time that I preach, I get nervous. Because, number one, you don't want to lie. Number two, you don't want to tell people stuff that you don't believe or you don't practice. Number three, I can only speak to you. From my relationship with God. I can't tell you about other people's experiences. And hopefully you'll be inspired. Or you'll be challenged. Or you'll just sleep bored. And you'll be like. Man I should know when pastor has gone. So I won't show up to church. If that's you the Lord will forgive you. I'll pray for that. So. Uh, we're talking about gratitude this morning. And it's, it's an attitude that is hard to have. Um. Me, myself and I, I'm dealing with, with different situations that makes it hard to be thankful. And sometimes life gets caught with us or, or we get caught up with life and, and we stop giving thanks to the Lord. We stop thinking about the little things. We stop thinking about the blessings that God gave us every single day of our lives. And the clip that I show you today... I didn't base my whole message on that, by the way. I just found it, and, and it's funny. It kind of relates to what we're talking about. This guy, he's a, some sort of a, a monk, and uh, he's serving in an, an orphanage, but his dream in life is to be a, a wrestler. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's the biggest underdog story. You should watch it if you understand somewhat of a Mexican-American humor. It's weird. You had to watch it like 10 times to understand it. I got it by the 15th time I watched it. I can quote part of the movie, not the whole thing. Anyways, <clears throat> so it he lives in this uh, life serving these kids, but he, he wants to be a wrestler, a wrestler. So he does everything to get to that point. In the meantime, he kind of uh, or or... Um, undermine under appreciate and almost forgets about his duty to these kids because he 's looking up to other life he 's not content with what he 's got he wants more now there is nothing wrong with ambitions. I think we all should have them and look forward to other things like we heard the the expression, "You should dress for the job you want, not for the one you have so every morning. I dress that with my soccer shorts and my... No. <clears throat> I have a hard job right now. I've been working on the side doing roofing. And it's so hot outside. You feel that you're going to melt. Because underneath it's like 106 degrees. Up in the roof is like 130. So that's why I look a little darker today. If you can't see me, just see my shirt. That's why. <clears throat> but anyways, we're, we're going to talk about gratitude. And it's something that... It's hard to do, it's hard to practice, it's hard to live it out. Especially the last part I just mentioned. And, and these people that came to the altar, one was a Pharisee, which was like a teacher of the of the word. And the other was a tax collector, he worked for the IRS. And so, instantly we think, oh, IRS, bad people, take my money. So the Pharisee was the teacher of the word, oh, good people. But the, the thing is, these people... didn't understand their place. At least one of them did. See, when we come to God, we come as sinners. Because the Bible said, we all have sinned and fallen off the glory of God. And therefore, the wedges of sin is dead. We all deserve to die. Yet, Jesus Christ sent His... Or God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So He will take our place, and we won't die, but have everlasting life. Therefore, we are alive today. So... Right from the start, we have a lot to be thankful for. And so this guy comes and say, God, I don't even, like, he can't even raise his head up. I can't even, you know, be, come before your presence because I'm a sinner. I'm a horrible person. The teacher of the law, on the other hand, he said, I'm so good. Look what all I've done. I've done this and this and that. So he was a goody-goody, and he was just like, look at this guy right here. Oh, my gosh, he's so horrible. I'm way better than him. So one of the things, if we take notes today, the name of the message is gratitude, and it's based on uh, Luke eighteen nineteen and Ephesians five twenty. So the first thing I made like a list of things that will help you live a life of gratitude. The number one is do not compare yourself to others. There's always going to be someone bigger than you, smaller than you, richer than you, have a bigger house than you, smaller house than you, uglier than you, prettier than you, or whatever you want to say. Whatever adjective we use, there's someone that is more or less than you. So do not compare yourself because when you do that, you give others the power to determine your identity. And that is not a biblical thing because God made us all in his image and likeness. Right? I cannot compete with anybody. I can only compete with myself. I had tried to be the best, the best version of who I am, who God made me to be. So, number one, do not compare yourself to others. Look at your life, take care of yourself. Don't be nosy, don't be in, into other people's businesses and what they do and what they don't do, because you're going to be miserable. Number two, do not covet, it's a commitment from the Bible. Do you not want other people's stuff? Bicycles, cars, trips, wife, husband. No, you're going to get in trouble. Be content with what you have. Do not wish for other stuff, other position. Because the thing is, you look at other people's life and you say, oh, they have it so good. But they also have struggles. So you don't know the stuff that they have, what it comes with. Because when you want something, there is something else that comes with it. Do you understand what I'm saying today? So you might want their lifestyle, but their lifestyle comes with stress. Comes with getting up at 5 in the morning and getting home at 9.30 at night. Because they have to work for that stuff they have. And be a workaholic and never spend time with the family. So that's what you're asking for. So do not covet. It's a commitment from the Word of God. Number three. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Sometimes I have found myself with jealousy. And when something bad happens to somebody, I kind of laugh about it because I just said they had it coming. And I just go, ha, ha, ha. And that is so wrong because the Bible says we should rejoice with the ones who rejoice. I mean, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. If somebody is hurt, come on, let's mourn with them. Let's even you don't have to say anything. But show some sympathy. Show some love. Show some compassion. If someone got a race or got a new car or did something fun. Just be happy for them. it will help you to be thankful. To have an attitude of gratitude. That kind of rhyme. Number four. Make memorials of the blessings God gave you. Write it down. Remember it. Remember that one time that you almost died, but you didn't? Remember that one time that you should have ended up in jail, but you didn't? Make memorials of the things that God has given. I mean, look by your side. Look at your wife. Look at your husband. You don't deserve it. I mean, look at that good-looking people beside you. I got her in front of me. You don't deserve it. I mean, you were a loser when they found you. And now look at you. Your dress... Your socks match your shirt or whatever it's supposed to match. I remember I used to wear dress pants, dress black pants with white socks. And my wife used to make fun of me. Well, she wasn't my wife by then. She was my friend. She couldn't wait to marry me to make me change. <laughs> and she did. now my socks are like matchy and they got designs and colors. And I care less about it, but she's happy. She said, I look good. So, be thankful. Okay? Make memorials. Remember your wedding anniversary. Remember when you have that first kid. Your firstborn. Even if they're horrible now. But remember that one day. That you were so happy about having them. Make memorials about the blessings of God. It gives you an attitude of gratitude. Oh, I like that. Alright, number five. Remember this. Jesus is enough. You don't need any stuff to be happy, to be content. Jesus is enough. He is all we need. He's all you ever need. And that is good news. That is good news because He's available to us 24 7. Anytime we call upon His name, He's right there for you. So you don't need anything technically. I mean, come on. Do you think that whenever God created us and then He created the TV? No, we were like butt naked. There wasn't anything there. It was just us right there. Bam! And all we had was God. And that was enough, wasn't it? Still enough. Number six. Oh, this is a good one. Get rid of the if mentality. Oh, if I had a better car. I get into this sometimes because my truck doesn't have air conditioning. And it's horrible. Because when I get off and I go home, like sweating. Anyways. So I'm like, if I just have air conditioning, I'll be content. But that might be true, but not quite. I'm not content with the whole situation of my transportation. But just get rid of that if mentality. Because if... It's never going to happen. Now it's what's happening. And for that, we ought to be thankful. Because today, if we're honest to ourselves, this is not the place that you should be. Because we all have a history. We all have a past. We all have made mistakes. We all have made decisions that have changed the, 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 the curse of our destiny. So the place that you're at right now, that's not the place that you should be. How many of you could be in the hospital today? How many of you could be dead? How many of you could be in jail? How many of you could be without a family? How many of you could be divorced today? How many of you could be just plain dead and will be remembering you, but you're not? You're here today. And praise God, because Jesus is enough. We have reasons to be thankful for. I know y'all look at me and my wife. And you think we're perfect because we're so good looking. At least she is. Me, not so much. Because I got this stupid goatee that she wants me to cut off. It's getting too long. She's like, just trim it a little bit. I was like, no, but it's just, it's just like to pull it. That's, anyways, this has nothing to do with anything. But the truth is, we all struggle with different things. About a year ago, I, <clears throat> I found out that my 15-year-old um, niece was pregnant. She was not married. She was um, a junior in high school. And she just... You know, she had this boyfriend, and you know how it goes. She got pregnant, and um, it was a hard thing for the whole family. It was, it was just, it was hard. I mean, she, it wasn't the time for it. And kids are a blessing and everything, but you know that it happened. And so, she got pregnant. She had the baby, and they happened to name her after me and Chris. They took our. Uh, middle names and they named her daniela nicole which is me and chris's middle names and um when she was six months she passed away she had a was that her or her lungs some sort of infection And, and she passed away a little baby she was so precious and, and that was really hard. I, I don't know if everybody here, but at least I do. I, I might just be weird. But everybody has a soft spot in their life. You know what I'm saying? It's like when mom's saying, you can mess with me, but you don't mess with my kid. I'm going to jump you. I'm going to you know hurt you. And so my soft spot is my family. And so we, we went through that situation. And, and it, it was really hard. It was really hard because she was still in school. So her life completely changed and then the baby passed away which it was even more horrible and so throughout this situation it's like it's amazing to me to see my mother just being so encouraging and be like you know if 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 this happened God is going to get us through it and he we got his blessing and we're going to be blessed and it's going to be okay and God will help us just deal with it and so that happened she died and and now my, my little niece, you know, she has a strongest relationship with God than she ever did. Not that it was ever for God's will for this baby to die, but God used it for, for the best. And so that went on. And so I, I was really struggling, just almost wanting to complain because, you know, I was like, God, I'm, I'm doing your will and I'm serving you. And this stuff shouldn't happen because... You know, I come from a, a preacher's house, and my dad was a preacher for 23 years. He passed away being a preacher, and we, we, were, we were serving God. But, but stuff like that happened to people. Uh, bad things happen to good people. When a storm, it doesn't skip the Christian people's house. It covers everything. So that went on, and about two months ago, another thing happened with my family, and that is my little brother. He's, he's, he's 20. How old is Genie? 24. So he's 24 years old. And, and he was with, with some people that he should have never been with. So he got caught uh, with half a brick of marijuana. And the police caught him. And, and they took him to jail. And so he was getting charged for uh, distributing or whatever. So he was um, going to get sentenced for uh, 10 to 20 years in prison. I talked to the lawyer and and they decided to charge. I think there was some money under the table there. Not my money, because I don't do those kind of deals. And so they decided to charge him with a a three year uh, for possession instead of the other one. And so I want you to understand this. I pray for my family. My mom prays for my family. She gets up at four in the morning every day, she's a praying woman. And, and, and she just cries and moans before the presence of God. Sometimes you think there's something wrong with her, but she's just like in the presence of God. And she's a strong woman. And so when, when we heard the news, uh, I, it just it hit me hard. She said when, when she found out about it, it's like she got punched in the gut. And like her breath was taken away. And if, you have, if you're a, a mother or a father... You will understand this. Um, now, I want you to understand something. Like we come from a Christian family, we had a, a good education, we had a good family. So, for me to to be dealing with this, it, it was it was pretty hard. And the reason is because that's that's my family. It's like I love them very very much and this is my little brother for some of you it might just be another story but this is family and it it hurts so hard I I struggle a lot with it because it it hurts and you don't want to see yours just hurting and suffering I mean, no, no mother, no father, no brother, no sister wants to see their family in that situation. And and and, and time has gone by. The the, the final uh, judgment hasn't happened yet. It's it's going on in September, but he's detained. And throughout this time, we've been able to talk to him on the phone and and just my mom visits him, you know, every week. And uh, he happened to end up in the jail where my mom lived, and so she f- bring him food, lunch, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So he got fatter. And while he's there, you know, we brought him a Bible. He he did a, a missionary school just like Nathan Allen and and me and others here. And uh, he knew about God. He knew God, but he was just going through a time in life that it was just hard for him. So. Throughout all this experience, y'all, I can see the goodness of God working in this situation. And I find myself learning how to have an attitude of gratitude to heart and think. Because I realize that Jesus is enough. That He's in control. That He's a good God. That He takes care of you and me. And today I'm thankful because, I don't know, I mean, you have to be dealing with really bad people to get that amount of, of drugs. Am I right? I mean, we got some police officers here. You have to be dealing with some bad people to get to that point. And so, I believe God used this situation to put a stop to that. And to get a hold of my brother's heart. And now, I'm not being a optimistic I've been realistic, and I know my God, and my God is powerful, He's great, and He's mighty to save you and me. And therefore, I tell you today, give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Start practicing it. Even when you're going to the hardest situation in life, even when you have stuff to complain about, find things to say thank you about because guess what we got people watching us and they say okay these christians they complain about everything they complain about the president they complain about and, and you have reasons to right i mean there are reasons to complain about but your attitude is contagious we are here to be the light of the world if you bring light to a dark place it's gonna light out the whole spot right Am I right or what? So if we are to be called to be the salt of the air, the light of the air, the light of the world. I mean, we got to start shining that. Because if you're your, your bringing is complaints, self-pity, and poor me, and everything bad happens to me. That's what you're going to reproduce. And the world has enough of that. It's time for the church to stand up and say, God, I'm so sorry. I've been a whiny baby and I have all this self-body my whole life, but it's enough. And a lot of times, self-pity and and self-poor-me comes from lack of forgiveness. From lack of understanding God's love in your life. So today, my challenge to you is, look at your life. Let's take a minute right here. Start thinking about the top ten things that you are thankful for. We're going to be all awkwardly silenced. Now, don't fall asleep. This is time for you to think. And I want you to think about 10 things on the top of your head that you're thankful for. Awkward silence. Now, if you need help finding them, I can tell you. I can just look at you. And find like 20. If you are done, just say, I. Okay, that's like 25% of the people here. The other ones are having a hard time fighting. <clears throat> God is good. His mercies are good every morning. They're new. Every day. Every day. Hmm. Right, your time's up. Y'all got it? I'm going to read this one more time. And I want you to think about it. Hmm. To reflect on your blessings is to rehearse God's accomplishments. To rehearse His accomplishments is to discover His heart. When you see God's work in your life, you're looking straight up to His heart. And when you see that, There's nothing else to do but to say thank you. Thank you. Look at your family. Look at your life. And for once, see God's work in it. Truly appreciate what God has done for you. Who He is in your life. I mean, when I think about God's blessings and God's goodness... Sometimes I just chug. I just got this nut in my throat, in my heart. Because there is so much to be thankful for. You got so much to be thankful for. I'm not even going to bring out the fact that you live in a country. That even though things are kind of messed up. But even the poorest of you today in this room. You'll be the richest Countries that people like me come from. So that's just material stuff. But the biggest riches you can have today is the people that you have sitting beside you. Your family, your wife, your husband, your kids. Learn to appreciate. Yes, sometimes they're ugly to you. Yes, sometimes they get in your nerves. But they're blessings from God. God gave them to you to appreciate them, to take care of them. God gave you this church to appreciate it, to take care of it. God gave you a loving pastor. God gave you a group of people that look at you, not just for what you look like today, but there is more to it that meets the eyes. If I were you, I would just go home and just hug your wife, hug your husband. And just say, thank you, God, for this blessing. Even though she's been yelling at you, even though he's been a jerk and doesn't want to get off the TV, you still got somebody to love. You still got somebody to share your life with. And that is a blessing straight up from God. Father God, we thank you so much because you're, you're a good God. And me and my house... We want to practice gratitude. Me and my house, we're done complaining. Me and my house, we're done just ditching everything that you've done for us, God. We want to reflect on your blessings. We want to make memorials of the things that you done in our hearts, God. We want to see your glory, God, look up to you and say, Thank you, because you are a good God and you love us. You love us so much, God, that you gave your Son for us so we can be free, so we can have life. So today, we want to say thank you. Teach us how to live with the gratitude of attitude, how to, how to appreciate the things that you don't for us. Oh, Lord, you are good. You are good and your love endure forever. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because it's given Jesus Christ for us. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich, because of what the Lord has done for us. Give it thanks. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We honor you today. And we want to follow your will for our lives.